0: Hello, super fans! Here is the first episode of our new season, Joe Picks a World Cup Team. If you like it and want to hear more of them, please search your podcast app for Joe Picks a World Cup Team and subscribe. We've already posted another episode, and I'm sure there'll be even more this week that are already ready for you to listen to. Any new episodes will also be posted there first, so that is where you want to go if you want to listen to the full second season of the podcast. Also, We'd appreciate a five-star review, even if you don't like it. Just give us the five-star review. You can also visit JoePicksPod.com for all the details. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Joe Picks a World Cup Team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his U.S. men's national team, is evaluating all 32 World Cup teams to find out who he should root for in 2018. This week in our inaugural episode... We make our first trip to the Scandinavian Peninsula to see if our very first team will get Swede in to the round of 16 or if their chances will fade away into the long winter night. Jeff, hit it. Joe Pick's Team. The state's no football, but not football, it seems. So now he needs a surrogate, Dan will help him look for it.
1: They'll have decisions to make, like how much genocide's a deal break.
0: Joe picks a World Cup team crossing borders to find out who's for him. What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe pick passport.
1: So grab your bottle and pour. Let's hope he doesn't start a war. Damn. Episode one. We're back. We're back. Episode one. Season two. Brand new theme song. Brand new thing that I'm picking. And look, Joe.
0: I mean, by the time we finish this, we're going to see how your first choice went. But right now, your first choice is looking pretty damn good. You know, ownership concerns aside, the team, really exciting, Joe.
1: I mean, for all those listeners who this is their first time ever listening to us, they should know. I'm, I, I think I have a good track record. I'm good at picking stuff.
0: I think we've got a good situation here. You're good at picking I'm good at laying out the research and our super fans and fan emeritus, as you will see throughout this episode, have done a sparkling job of, of filling out these twelve categories that we're gonna look into. And Joe, we have too much to cover, too much to do. We just gotta get right into it, Joe.
1: I'm so excited to get right into it.
0: All right, Joe. The first question we always ask, what are we drinking?
1: So Sean sent in an absolute Gibson, which is um, three parts absolute vodka one part vermouth, and a cocktail onion. And uh, I'm not sure. I think it's only the onion that makes it different from just a vodka martini. But, of course, Absolute Vodka uh, hails from Sweden. So there you go.
0: Cheers, Joe. I would be drinking with you, but, of course, as always, I'm sick. So I can't drink.
1: (laughs) But look. It's okay. Get better, When I see
0: you next week and we're doing the live podcast in Mexico, you'll guilt me into it. For any new fans out there who... haven't listened to the planning episodes we already know what teams we're going to do in the future and those teams are going to be costa rica they're going to be uruguay and they're going to be russia the host of the world cup so we actually pushed off both costa rica and uruguay to next week when we're going to be in mexico because the drinks we are supposed to get seem very hard to get stateside but once we are in central america we think we're going to be able to get them no problem
1: I think it's fair to say that almost all of our decision-making so far on this podcast has been about where we can most easily find liquor.
0: Yes, yes. And look, Joe, (laughs) it served us well. It served us well. But anyways, anyways, if you have feedback about any of those teams, get it in. But now, let's get into Sweden, Joe. You know, the thing is, when we were talking about NFL teams, I think we all had quite a bit of familiarity with general, the teams in the cities, I mean, we live in America, we watch football, we have some understanding. But I think some of these countries, you know, there's a lot of diversity in the world. These countries are, some of them are strange. And basically, I want to make sure that when we're talking about these countries, before we get into the specifics of the team, we just need to get the basics out of the way, Joe. So I have made a, a dossier of some high-level information about the countries just to, to make sure oh, we're I'm all getting centered. getting briefed. I love it. Okay. So... I'd like to introduce a segment that I call Homeland Handbook <laughs> Sound clip for that Not yet mentioned Not yet made Alright Sweden A military power during the 17th century Sweden has not participated in any war For centuries And armed neutrality was preserved in both world wars Sweden's long successful economic formula of a capitalist system, intermixed with substantial welfare elements, was challenged in the 1990s by high unemployment and in 2000-2002 to 2002 and 2009 by the global economic downturns. But, but fiscal discipline over the past several years has allowed the country to weather economic vagaries. Sweden joined the EU in 1995, but the public rejected the introduction of the Euro in a 2003 referendum now the people who live in Sweden they are a Swede a group of Swedes and they are all Swedish what language do they speak you ask? Swedish note however Finnish, Sami, Romani Yiddish Yiddish and wow. Mian Kili are also official minority languages the religion, the predominant religion of the Swedes is the Church of Sweden, which is apparently the Lutheran Church, and the other forms of Christianity, Uh, so the Church of Sweden and the Lutherans make up 63% of the population, another 17% are other forms of Christianity, so this is a heavily Christian nation. The capital city of Sweden is, of course, Stockholm. And now, Joe, every every Homeland Handbook ends with the Homeland Handbook quiz. (laughs) Wait, I wish I had known that going into Homeland Handbook. Yeah, I hope you were paying attention, Joe. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you two questions about the country. The first one is a very simple one, Joe.
1: What is the chief export of Sweden? (laughs) the chief export of sweden uh well look i mean let's think about what we get from sweden here in america we get swedish fish we get the candy the candy we get swedish meatballs
0: hmm that's true
1: we get swedish furniture from ikea absolutely uh, okay, so let's just say that maybe, maybe it's not like the candy Swedish fish, but let's say that their chief export is fish. I, I think I, I think of it as a very nautical country. Let's say fish.
0: Let's check. That's the incorrect whistle, Joe.
1: <laughs> that, that whistle sounded very encouraging. I thought no, I thought that no. was the the you got it right whistle.
0: No, that's the whistle where it's like, come over here. You're getting a red card. No, Joe. And, you know, I thought you would have had a fair shot at this because the chief export of Sweden is something you have spent many years inside of in your life. A house?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm still stumped.
0: The chief export of Sweden is automobiles, Joe. Oh, wow. Yes. Predominantly Volvos. They not only are automobiles one of their chief exports, but heavy machinery. And mm-hmm. vehicle parts are all among their chief exports. So, Joe, you're off to a terrible start. Oh, for one, I, I thought that was tough. You you used to be a co-owner of a Volvo for many years.
1: I know. I mean, I just thought that the you know that that they were exporting you know Swedish fish seemed like a thing. So maybe you know they're all fishers out there, fishermen and women.
0: I will say. When we get to, there are other countries where their chief export is actually fish, but it's not this one. And Joe, second question in Homeland Handbook, the final question of this, the final of the quiz section. Of the 32 teams in the World Cup, Sweden is the X biggest out of 32. Where do you think it runs from one to 32 (laughs) based on population? As long as you are within three spots, I will call it correct.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that Sweden um, is fairly populous. I think it's right. You know, I think that it's. I think Stockholm's a pretty big international city. Lots of people there, so I'd guess it's probably in the many many millions, if not like the low double digits. Um. So I'm going to say it's probably, like, smack in the middle. Let's say 14th. Oh, wait. Wait, that whistle sounded a little bit more positive. That, no, that was no. the you got it right whistle.
0: No, no. What? No. You got it wrong. Terrible, Joe. Okay. So Sweden, among all the countries in the world, it has the 88th largest population with 9.9 9 million people. That puts it in the bottom third, Joe, 24th. Out of the 32 Ooh. countries.
1: Okay, okay. This is our first episode, though. I'm getting my calibration of how big countries are.
0: Well, if you pay attention by the 32nd episode, you should be able to <laughs> I should, you should get should that should be one dead right. on. I should be dead on. I mean, that's the chief right. export is still, you're definitely going to get that wrong. But I think some of the countries, I mean, come on. Like, when we do Saudi Arabia, ho- hopefully you can get that one right.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna say fish for everyone until I get it right. <laughs> All right,
0: Joe. That's it. That finishes another segment of Homeland Handbook. I think we've now got, we know how to talk about the Swedes. We know they're somewhat religious people. We know they have a, a small country in comparison to the other ones in the World Cup. But, Joe, manufacturing prowess, especially in the engineering and machinery fields. So this is a very... First world, as far as first world countries go, they are, you know, yep. really at the top of technology. Yep. Mm-hmm. Industrial. I like so that's it. the perfect world. You ready to get into number one? You ready to start Let's doing it? Let's get into
1: this? number one. Yeah.
0: For those people who are coming from a past podcast, Joe picks an NFL team. You notice that at the beginning, for the first few episodes, you know, we're still figuring out exactly how these things are, are going to be ranked. A spent by we. I mean, you are, Joe. So yep. Yep. this is really. Right, this episode is so critical because you're going to be sort of defining what you're looking for in a team that you're going to have to essentially carry through the rest of the way. So this is very really exciting, every Joe. team
1: after this gets compared to Sweden one way or the other. Sweden is setting the benchmark.
0: Sweden is. And we couldn't start with a better country, Joe. No, I love it. So category one, you don't want a team that's too good. You don't want a team that's too bad. Do you you want to spend maybe 30 seconds talking about this category in a high-level perspective, or do you want to get into it?
1: Oh, no, totally, totally. I mean, so I think that, um, you know, just to put some framework around this, I mean, the World Cup means so much to me. I love the World Cup. It's my favorite sporting event every four years, and everything else is a distant second. And one of the things that I love about it is how meaningful it is for the countries to win. But recognizing that, if Germany were to win... Or Spain were to win. Of course it would be meaningful for those two teams. But it would not be as meaningful if, say, England won it after a huge drought. And also recognizing that, you know, if I pick a new World Cup team and they're just terrible and don't even advance out of the first, you know, don't win one game, that's not the best World Cup experience. So you kind of want a team that, frankly, is actually a little bit like where the U.S. team could have been if they had made it through a team that is probably like, would be a huge long shot for the finals. And if they were to even make the semifinals would be an incredible feat, but also good enough that, you know, they, they would hope to get out of their group. Now, obviously the U.S. team is not good enough to get out of the group because they weren't good enough to get in the group to begin with. But um, that's kind of the sweet spot that I'm looking for.
0: So without further ado, Joe, and it's, it's great that you mentioned exactly about the stage they're going to get to, because I have gone to the betting sites, Joe. I've looked at the odds. I have broken it down. I've written a a program that breaks down the odds, and so I am going to tell you the odds that the betting markets think they are to make every single level of the World Cup, including winning it. So, without further ado, according to the odds makers, Joe, the Swedes have a 45% chance of getting out of their group. They have a 17% chance of getting to the quarterfinals. They have a 5% chance to get to the semis, a 2% chance to get to the final, and a 1% chance to win the World Cup. So their betting odds are an even 100 to 1, which puts them 17th out of mm-hmm. the 32 teams mm-hmm. in the World Cup. So they are right smack dab in the middle, probably not too different from where the US would have been. Their official FIFA World ranking is 18th. And there you go. This is as this is right as right in the middle as you're going to get.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a very middle of the road team which you s- sort of would seem to fit the definition of like sort of the balancing of not too good, not too bad. Well, I mean, you can't do much better than right in the middle, right? I think I think Sweden really does actually hit a sweet spot uh where a know, Swede spot? They hit the Swede spot. If if they were to advance to the quarterfinal, to the semifinal, it would be very exciting for Swedes and presumably me if I were a fan of the team. And I like the fact, I mean, forty five percent chance, you said, of, of making another group, that's a pretty decent shot, though it it, it leaves a greater than half chance that they won't make it out of the group yeah um now of course we're
0: section two is right the group so once we get into that i will talk much more about the group right now i'm just giving you the the sort of broad levels but but we'll definitely break down that group in a second
1: can you tell me what's the furthest that they've ever advanced in the world cup
0: so interestingly enough joe sweden back in the old timey days of the world cup Back in the 1938 World Cup, they finished fourth. In the 1950 World Cup, they finished third. In the 1958 World Cup, hosted in Sweden, they finished second. So this is a team that, you know, going back. Can I posit back, a theory,
1: though? It's because they were the only country not fighting in World War II. <laughs> All their, like, young, able-bodied <laughs> men were still alive.
0: That's true. That's true. Boy. Every
1: other team, it's like, oh, yeah, our goalie only has one leg.
0: Brilliant strategy. <laughs> Joe, it's the greatest generation. Center backs
1: missing an eye. This world today we can
0: thank for them. Although not the Swedes. You're right. The Swedes were just like just sitting there waiting. They're
1: saying our neutrality just bring us to World Cup glory. <laughs>
0: God, their point almost worked. Uh, I wonder who they lost to in 1958. I mean, I hope not the Germans. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No, fourth place was the West Germans. But, Joe, they could not beat Brazil, who won their first World Cup title in 1958. They were ascending.
1: Mm -hmm. Who, I? to be fair, I think also stayed out of World War II, maybe. I actually have no idea. We'll get to that in the Brazil episode, I guess. Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they were involved in World War II. It's pretty far down there, but I don't know. Who knows? And then, Joe, in 1994, in the World Cup-hosted, in our very own borders, in the United States of America, they finished in third place. Wow! No, again, kidding. again, no kidding. Brazil won that World Cup. Boy, Sweden and Brazil—they're—they're they're locked together. But since then, it's—it's um, it's not been great. They didn't qualify in 2010 or 2014, um, and in the uh, two World Cups prior to that, made it out of their group but then lost in the next round. So, uh, this is you know a team that has had good results, you know, sort of in the distant past, but recently they haven't been, um,
1: too great. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting that this is the team that's, that's going to have a decade world cup drought that they're overcoming, which, you know, sometimes I think, uh, can cause excitement. Sometimes it can cause, ner- I mean, they certainly probably have no players on their team that have ever played in a world cup before. Which yeah. Is interesting. I mean,
0: that seems very likely.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that they do. But uh, I think that they hit a pretty pretty good spot here on the not too good, not too bad. Maybe they're a little too bad and it's a little bit too much of a long shot for my taste. But let's give them a solid 7.5 out of 10 in this category. 7.5, wow.
0: Great start for Sweden. Although we don't actually know if that's good or bad. It could be the worst
1: score we give in this category. We don't know. It's possible. It's possible. So far, they're tied for the worst and best score in this category. So, Joe, moving right along. Number two,
0: rate the group. So, Joe, they are in Group F. That group contains Germany. That group contains Mexico. And that group contains South Korea. So, according to the betting odds... Germany has a 70% chance to win the group. Mexico has a 14% chance. The Swedes have a 12% chance. And South Korea has a 5% chance. Now, to advance, we already looked at this odd in the, uh, in the first section. But Germany with an 85% chance to advance. So, obviously, Germany is the clear favorite in the group. Mexico and Sweden are effectively tied at a 45% chance Mm -hmm. to advance, Mm -hmm. and South Korea bringing up the rear with a 25% chance. And here is our friends at 538, their description of this group. Group F is in the mix for being this tournament's group of death. As the reigning champions Germany will be joined by Mexico and Sweden, the Mexicans and Swedes qualifying chances are separated by just a few percentage points, The smallest difference of any teams drawn out of pot two and three. Mm. Rounding out the group is South Korea, which famously made it all the way to the semifinals in 2002 when they co-hosted the tournament. But they currently have the third worst SPI ranking, which is their uh, soccer performance rating of any team traveling to Russia. The prize for second place for for Group F, a possible date with Brazil in the round of 16. Ouch.
1: There's those Brazilians again. <laughs> the Brazilian oh, he's ra- raining on Sweden's parade. Yeah. That's why I drive a far superior Brazilian car. <laughs> Just to stick it to the Swedes. Wait,
0: it's an interesting question. Did the Did Brazil knock the Swedes out in? Um, they did. They did. in In 1994, <laughs> Brazil knocked out Sweden 1-0 on Romario's 90th minute goal. Wow! Oh, and did they? Let's see if they knocked them out. Oh, well, we know they beat them in 1958 because they played in the final. So, wow. So the last two times Brazil and Sweden have played, boy, Brazil's See, look, gotten the better of them. But barely this might be the chance episode, for revenge. we
1: uncovered a historic international rivalry we had no idea existed.
0: I mean, can you imagine if the Swedes advance out of the group of death? They've already had their backs against the wall. They're facing Brazil, and they eliminate Brazil and, and uh, return the favor for all those times. Wow. Wow, that could be quite a storyline, Joe. Incredible, incredible.
1: Look, here's the thing about rating a group, Dan. I mean, obviously you don't want to be in a group that is impossible to make it out of, but my feeling is you, you go to the World Cup to play the world's best teams. You don't want to be in an easy group. That's boring. You, you know, those Swedish fans, even if they don't make it out of the group, they're going to get to watch their team take on the defending champion. That's incredible.
0: You know, I will say one thing, Joe. I think the order of the games actually matters quite a bit. And it especially does. when we get into our second team. Um, so Sweden, their opening game is against South Korea, which I think is a really good break for them. So it's a winnable game. Yep. It's a winnable game. They get a win under their belt. And then in the second game, they're facing Germany. So you can imagine... Germany beats Mexico in the first game, the likely situation. Sweden hopefully takes down South Korea. All of a sudden, if Sweden loses to Germany, that Mexico-Sweden match is their third match is just playing
1: for the spot. Mm-hmm. So, or if Sweden can somehow, can somehow draw with Germany at that point. Oh, absolutely. Then it's like the door is wide open for them. Yeah.
0: But I, I would say even still, as long as Sweden beats South Korea, by yep. definition— that Mexico-Sweden game in Game 3 is going to be, they're either going to be already be in, or if they win that, they're in. So I think this is a really yeah. nice spot for them to be in. So they can almost, you know, sort of take that Germany game a little bit easy just to prepare for that Mexico game.
1: Look, I think it's a solid group. I think it's a really solid group. I think it's a fun group to watch. I think if, if your team is in this group, you know you're going to be watching some exciting football right off the bat. I'm going to say 8 out of 10 eight at
0: a time yeah yeah i think it's a great group potential group of death joe section number three the road to qualification okay so the swedes come out of uefa you're potentially your favorite of all of the uh the conferences but uh, i mean I, i don't know the confederations or whatever
1: It is. I mean, look, look, I mean, other than I guess I I probably watch a little bit more CONCACAF just because I'm watching the U.S. teams. But um, but I love the Euro tournament every every four years. So, yeah, absolutely. So Sweden was in Group
0: A and the two other primary teams in that group were France and the Netherlands. And for just a little um, primer on how the UEFA system works, they put these teams into a giant pot. Together, Whoever wins, that pot automatically moves on. Of the second-place teams, they take the top second-place teams, and they go into a separate, another playoff situation for a spot. So this is what happened with Sweden. So in their group, pot group A, France won. France won the group, so France got the automatic qualifier with 23 points. However, Sweden and the Netherlands tied in second place with 19 points. However, the Swedes had a plus 17 goal differential. The Netherlands had a plus nine goal differential. Therefore, Sweden eliminates its first team on the way to a qualification. They edge out the Netherlands. Netherlands is eliminated. So, one exciting thing about this group A is the leading goal scorer in the group was actually a Swedish player, Marcus Berg, who had eight goals. More wow. than the next highest in the group wow. was six. Now, Joe. I don't know how familiar you are with Marcus Berg, but his nickname is Svarte Marcus, meaning Black Marcus, which is, of course, a reference to the famous Swedish player Philip Svarte Philip Johansson, who was known as Black Philip because he had really black hair, Joe. Oh, black hair. Okay, good. I was
1: going to say, is this going to get highly offensive? No, no.
0: (laughs) You see, the Swedes... They live in a, like, racial utopia, Joe, where all these words just have very different meaning. So, the guy has black hair. He's Black Philip. Based on... You have pretty dark hair, Joe. I could just call you Black Joe.
1: I could be Black Joe. Sure. Yeah. 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 Very confusing. I I would just caution any of our Swedish listeners that has very different meaning in America.
0: (laughs) Well... Maybe if you are Svarte, Joe, that, it, it's, that's
1: cool. I, I, I feel like it sounds worse. I don't, maybe it's just the way you're saying it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying it properly, Joe. This okay. Is, this is, okay. It's definitely Svarte,
0: Joe. Okay. So, Joe, they move on to the playoffs. So, the way it works in that is uh, all of these eight teams, these second place teams, all go into a bucket. And they're matched up with one other team. And they sort of have this random draw. And then that's it. They just play a home and home. <laughs> And whoever wins, wins. And so who do they get matched up with, Joe? None other than Italy. So oh. they play Italy. They have in their home half, they win the game 1-0 to on a goal that is like a very weak goal where the um, it's a corner kick. And uh, the Italian defender kind of meekly heads the ball out. So it's just outside the 18. The Swedish defender... Jacob Johansson, because apparently, like, half of the guys have the last name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I want to see what the back of these jerseys look like. (laughs) There's, like, a letter initial Johansson for all of (laughs) them. He does, like, a half volley, but it's not a very good half volley. But there's, like, three Italian defenders standing, like, eight yards away from the goal, and they're, like, confused as to what's going on. And basically, the half volley, like, deflects off the defender's foot. Like, you know, the Italian goalie very famous guy, one of the best goalies in the world, although maybe now he's a little old, Buffon, he's yeah, cu- he's yeah. already ready to Great pick keeper. up this half-volume and throw it, but it deflects off the Italian defender's foot, goes clear into the other side of the net, Buffon is befuddled and outraged, and that's it. Then the second half of the match in Italy is a nil-nil draw. So Sweden goes up, or wins 1-0 on aggregate, and they knock out Italy to... Stamped oh, their ticket to the wow. World Cup. So they knocked out single-handedly, I mean, two teams that if you're talking about the who's who that's missing the World Cup, the Netherlands and Italy, Sweden knocked them both out.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you think about the path to qualification, it's, it's, it's almost better that they're doing it this way. I mean, kind of like backdooring their way into the World Cup, right? So they beat out the Netherlands, but only on goal differential. Right? It's not like they dominated them. They beat Italy, but but basically by getting a draw and getting a sort of lucky goal. I don't see that as a bad thing, though. That's a, that's a great thing, right? Like Absolutely. I
0: mean, if you're rooting for Sweden, that was a pretty fun qualifying.
1: Incredible breaks. And you're right. I mean, it, it, it actually makes me even happier about the group that they're in because it's like, look, Sweden has already survived a group of death. And they already survived what what could have been considered a deadly draw. Of those second place teams in UEFA, and yet they've survived both. They've made it through on grit, determination, and luck. I love it. What a great pathway! That's an exciting pathway. Eight out of ten.
0: Eight out of ten. Wow, Joe, you and the Swedes—you're very simpatico. I think <laughs> I think a lot of this has to do with how much you like IKEA too.
1: I, I'm I'm literally recording this
0: on IKEA furniture. Joe, this could be it. That, Maybe we just do this one episode and just cut out the whole podcast. You're just a Swedish fan. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. Although it's been got, it's been great, guys. <laughs> we've got so we've got more to go though. I forgot because you know I we experienced this before. Sometimes a team is really on a roll and then they sort of get stopped dead in their tracks. It's true. It's I don't true. know if we that's going to happen to Sweden, yeah. but let's see. Joe, top player to watch. So this is the first time. Our fan emeriti are are doing the research for me. And basically, they're doing it the rest of the way. So, David writes in. The top player to watch, Joe, for Sweden, not the person I mentioned above, Svarte Marcus. No. It is Emil Forsberg, who plays for the Red Bull Leipzig. He's 26 years old, Joe. He's an attacking midfielder. Usually plays on the left wing. I've sent you a highlight reel for the player so you can sort of get a feel for him. Attacking midfielder. Usually plays on the left wing. Elegant player. Dynamic. Good vision. Great at setting up plays. He was apparently on the move to AC Milan last summer, but Leipzig did not allow him to leave. Wow. Now linked to multiple Premier League teams. Maybe Man U. Maybe Liverpool. Maybe Arsenal. Uh, so he could be playing in your Premier League next year. Can set up plays and score goals himself. Great on set pieces. In the YouTube highlights, there's a great goal he scores from about 20 yards out where he just curls it right over the wall, right into the corner of the goal. he has no chance. Perfect free kick. He led the Bundesliga in assists in 2016-2017. Wow. And named as part of the team of the season... His nickname, Joe, what a great nickname. The Magician. Oh, that's great. I mean... That's great. Like, being an actual magician is terrible, but being something that's not a magician, being nicknamed the Magician, that's always good. Is he a
1: magician? I mean,
0: I think he's a magician on the field, but he might also be a magician off the field. I don't know.
1: Dan, let me ask you this. What are other jobs that the actual thing is terrible, but the nickname of it makes you awesome? Like, what about, like... Like they call me the trash man because I take out the trash. (laughs) Like if you're an actual trash man, that's like sucks. But like if you if it's a nickname, like that's pretty badass. Like what do you what do you do that they earn you that nickname?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I play a lot of basketball and being the trash man is definitely it's like a thing in basketball. It's like you're talking
1: trash like you you talk a lot of shit, right?
0: No, no. It means you like get around the basket and score a lot of like, you know, somebody misses a shot and you like out rebound the guy and then put it back up really quickly. You know, you're like uh, getting a lot of garbage buckets
1: okay okay all right well so what's another job that's like that okay
0: maybe a conductor joe he's a conductor out there
1: oh yeah he's he's like the conductor but you're like if he if he was an actual orchestra conductor you'd be like well, that's kind of boring
0: actually i think being an yeah, orchestra be conductor probably actually. pretty cool yeah. yeah that's pretty cool yeah
1: <laughs> I, if i met a conductor at a party i'd have a that's lot that's not of a maestro's.
0: good one yeah that's like yeah. the maestro and you know everybody <laughs> knows the maestro is
1: great yeah absolutely
0: yeah i don't know but look joe magician he's the magician in fifa 18 his ratings are, his rating is 83, and his potential rating is 85. Now, oh, I don't fantastic. play FIFA, so I have no idea if those numbers are good, but.
1: Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, for a 26-year-old, that's great. Uh, yeah, man, I'm watching uh, the highlight reel. This guy is pretty fast. He's, he, he's a pretty exciting player. Plus, you know, I love a good winger. I love a winger that can score.
0: Right, do you feel like the magician is a fitting name based on what you're seeing?
1: Well, I haven't seen him do any close-up magic. It's hard to tell. Uh, I, I, he doesn't have like a deck of cards with him, but because shouldn't
0: like every soccer nickname just be? They should all apply to Messi. Is Messi called the magician? No, no, <laughs> uh, no. I feel like when um, he's playing, sometimes they're like, "Messi, what a magician out there!"
1: I think you might say, "What a magician," but it's not like an official nickname.
0: Yeah, I guess he's a magician, but not the magician.
1: Now what? Now what is magician in Swedish? Is the question. Maybe it maybe it has like maybe there's a pun. We don't know. Yes.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it at least he's not having a color name reference. I mean that's not his primary thing.
1: He's not black emil Told Carl. Tor- Carl. troll troll Carl. <laughs> I mean, if his name was Carl, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh yeah. I look. Love a good winger, love a fast winger. I definitely could watch this guy. You know, the the uh, the odds of him playing in the Premier League, I like. I don't think I'm apt to watch much uh, Red Bull Leipzig after this year, so I I, I will downgrade this one a little because I'm I'm not likely to see him post World Cup, unless he plays for the Premier League. But who knows? Uh, let's give this a solid, not not a negative, but a solid five and a half out of ten.
0: Five and a half out of ten for the magician.
1: <sighs> Could have been a little bit more magical. If after he scored a goal, he
0: started, like, pulling one of those handkerchiefs out of his mouth, how many points would that have given him?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. He would have been a 10 out of 10. No question. Oh, man. That's what they've got to do that. Are they allowed to use props when they do, like, goal celebrations? Uh, strictly forbidden. But what they are allowed to do is, um, as we saw with with Ronaldo, they can have, like, stuff on their undershirt or even, like, written on their chest but i think even that i think he got punished for that
0: but joe think about this so he's a magician and he's just like pulling it out of his mouth he's like i didn't bring this with me i just no, it's magic it's magic and then he just leaves it on the field and then he's like whatever you know what's no different than like pulling your jersey off are you allowed to do that
1: Especially if it's a dove. Because a dove, there's nothing left. The dove just flies oh. away.
0: The if dove he, is just gone. If he scores a goal, pulls a dove out of some part of his body, and it just flies away.
1: Great. Right. And how's he going to get a ever. red card for that? He, he says, what's, what's the problem? The dove's yeah. gone. It, yeah. I didn't have it before. I magicked, I used magic to get it here. And now now the dove flew away. But I'll tell that's you, the if problem. he
0: scores a goal and pulls out a dead dove, that's a bad luck. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. He like, goes up chest the ball and there's like a crunching sound but where did the dead dove come from <laughs> <laughs> okay five and a half At number five joe history with the u.s Men's national team this research was done by superfan luke but he didn't actually do it so big demerit for superfan luke i luke. had to do it an indignity that i cannot believe i'm having to do in this inaugural podcast but joe Fortunately, there's not much here, unlike the history we have established with Brazil. I mean, it's like Brazil and Sweden are are two countries all the way across the world, but locked together in some sort of karmic, destiny, infinite battle of
1: titans. Yeah. Maybe it's because they both set a World War II, Joe. It's true. It's true. And they will forever be locked in a battle. Because of that decision, that fateful decision. Yeah,
0: it, it put it like set the generations up. So they're always, although I guess Brazil really, well, I don't know. They went on different trajectories, Joe. I feel like the Swedes, they've got some things going for them, but Brazil, the upper hand in soccer. But, anyways, let's talk about their history with the U.S. men's national team, Joe. There's nothing here. They've never met at the World Cup. I guess we've learned before that at, in the United States, so Sweden probably really likes playing in the US because they made it so far in 1994 but we've played seven international friendlies over the past history the US is actually winning four to three and uh, the last two times Sweden and the US played were in 2008 and 2009 presumably in the run-up to the 2010 World Cup and the US won both of those so uh, I would say very friendly relations not much of a rivalry. Uh, I, you know, whether you find that good or bad, uh, it's really up to you, but there's not much there.
1: Yeah, let's talk about what I'm looking for in this category. I think what's a little bit different about this podcast from when we talked about NFL teams is that I was looking for a new NFL team forever, my forever team to root for. With this podcast, I want a team for this World Cup. I'm still going to be a U.S. men's national team fan. So, I don't want to pick a team that I'm just going to have to hate once the U.S. team is back in the hunt for the next World Cup. Uh, So I don't want a team that we have a historical rivalry with. But I also would like a team that maybe the U.S. team has some frame of reference for. So I think in that way, yes, it's great that, that Swedes aren't our rivals, but it would be nice if I could point to something that says, like, oh, we played in... You know, we played against each other in the 2004 World Cup or whatever. I mean, I do think there's a little bit of something there in the fact that Sweden actually made some waves when they when they played in the U.S. Uh, for the World Cup. But in general, I find the lack of connection a little bit disheartening. So I'm going to give this a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10.
0: You know, they can't be great at everything, Joe. They're in a little bit of a downturn here. Let's see if they can turn it around. Number 6. Yeah, they're six. just
1: coming back down to earth. It's fine. It's
0: culture so this is from fan emeritus yannick now he's from germany so we know they're in the same group together so we warned yannick not to let any of his um germany fan bias yeah. yeah creep into this so you'll be the judge joe but this is this is going to be a tough one because this is in the same group and we know yannick knows it being such a german fan as he oh is. yeah absolutely swedish fans They're known to travel well in Europe. During the World Cup in 2006, they had the largest group of fans of all the nations in Germany, and they were voted best fans by the people of Germany for their friendliness and love of the game. Swedish stands are family-friendly. Some like it. Some think it's boring. Oh, uh, Yannick, But you will have a good time celebrating with the Swedes. Their main chant is apparently one-side-of-the-arena chants Andra Sidan Alni Clara Other side are you ready? And the other side responds Ya fatas bara. Yes indeed, you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so here. Let's try that one, Joe. You and I were at the World Cup, we flown to Russia, we're rooting for the Swedes. I yell out Andra Sidan Alni Clara
1: Ya Manson Fatas <laughs> bara Woo Yeah, that felt good. That
0: That was great. That was great. Their rivals. Oh, boy. Their main rival is Denmark. And
1: this fucking Danes.
0: In in 2008, a Euro qualifier was abandoned because a Danish fan attacked the referee. (laughs) (laughs) And Joe, both. The Swedes and the Danes are in the World Cup this year. Wow. So their other rivals are Norway and Finland, but the rivalry with them is not as heated as the one with the Danish. So basically, they're family friendly fans with a nice, uplifting, fun chant that really is about being ready, being ready
1: for whatever is going to come your way,
0: (laughs) whatever is going to come our way. Except for the Danish fans, because they're unpredictable. You have no idea what they're going to do.
1: Those goddamn Danes fighting the refs all the time. Can't they be respectful like us Swedes? I mean, that's
0: probably what the chant is about. It's like somebody spots a Danish fan and they have to do the chant where they're like, keep your eyes up, you know, keep your head on a swivel.
1: You better believe it.
0: I guess Russia is probably going to be pretty good for them because it seems like it's probably along the same uh, latitude. So they're Uh going to be familiar with the environment probably.
1: Totally, totally, yeah. The you know the latitudinal change can really mess with the team. So absolutely, uh, uh, I think. Look, these sound like great fans, friendly fans. I like that they travel well, but they still have a rival, and they still have a great chant. This is nice, nice respectful fans. Let's say six out of ten.
0: Six out of ten. Wow. You know, Joe, I was going to say in a little throwback to the homeland handbook that i thought sweden might actually border russia but as it turns out it does not no although these borders are very confusing i don't know especially i don't even know if russia's tried to take any of this land or something but i don't believe it borders but i'll tell you joe it's very close the swedes i mean they can go to russia over land so i mean they just get in the bus go
1: through their their friends in finland it's true. And if they travel well, there's going to be a huge sweet contingent. It, it does sound like they've adopted maybe a little bit of the neutrality of their country into their fandom. They don't sound like they're like heated fans. I mean, even their chant isn't like, hey, fuck you, Danes. It's like, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's go.
0: Yeah. You know, that might be why they always have gotten pretty far in the World Cup and never can quite win it. Because they're always like they feel bad and they're like, it's better just to let the other team win. That way we yep. won't
1: get into a confrontation, you know. Do the fans have have the killer instinct that you need? I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, it doesn't sound like it. No, it does not.
0: But, you know, Joe, they were best fans by the Germans. But again, now they're facing Germany. I mean, this, imagine if they beat Germany and then, you know, sort of do a a, a heel turn and all of a sudden they go from best fans to becoming the fans that Germans like start to despise. Oh, my goodness. You know, they already knocked out the Netherlands and Italy. Why not knock Why out not Germany? Germany and sure. then knock
1: out Brazil? Oh, just on a tear. Just tearing through the world
0: greats. Why not? I mean, Joe, in this podcast, we're let's think optimistic, you know? Yep. Hey,
1: Fatis Barra, you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Category number
0: seven, Joe, atrocities. Oh, this okay. is a tough one. This, thanks to... Fan emeritus Josh, PhD, for this one. The Swedes. They've been pretty chill over the past thousand years. The Vikings were admittedly pretty bad. In fact, slave trading and capturing slaves was critical to the Viking-Swedish economy from the years 500 to 1000. Since then, though, it's been pretty quiet. Sweden hasn't even participated in a war for over 200 years, though... I've seen some pretty ugly things in busy Ikea stores, but that's not really on them. <laughs> Josh puts their atrocity level at mild. Ooh,
1: I like the atrocity meter. Yeah, That's good. That's there's good. A, that's helpful. The,
0: there's an atrocity meter.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I mean, I don't want to root for a team that is a bunch of monsters, even if the players aren't. You've got to associate yourself with the country a little bit. This sounds great. I love the fact that Sweden goes so far to not commit atrocities that they're not even participating in these wars. I think, I think reaching back to the Vikings is a little bit of a reach. I mean, that's a long time ago.
0: Now, now, hang on now, because I think there is something about neutrality that I think, if you're the neutral country, that's great. But Joe, you know, there's the famous poem, first they came for the, you know, this person, then they came for that person. All the while, the Swedes are just like, hey, leave us out of it. I, it, like they didn't commit any atrocities, but they also sort of didn't actively prevent any of them, though you know it's very complicated
1: <sighs> yeah, no i mean i i guess I, I guess feel like you can't
0: it, give them a total pass because that's it's kind of like they set out the war with bone spurs Joe
1: but I feel like
0: <laughs>
1: good good one I feel like maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like Sweden helped. That like Jews were trying to escape to Sweden during World War II. So I feel like it wasn't just it was sitting out and like maybe officially neutral, but that they were like actually like helping rescue Jews. Maybe maybe that I'm like romanticizing it a little bit.
0: I don't know. You might be. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I only know the information I'm given. At this point, we can only speculate. But but what I will say is that if our standard is have they committed atrocities, I think We have to judge them by the fact that they haven't, by some vague memory that I have of them actually helping the Jews. I think we're going to struggle to find better in this category long term. So I feel like they deserve a 9 out of 10. Wow.
0: 9 out of 10. I mean, that could be the highest, Joe. That could be the highest. Well, right in the first episode. I I feel like the Swedes are uh, are doing pretty well,
1: Joe. They're doing great for themselves. Section
0: number 8 celebrities joe i think the swedes are the swedes have a lot going for them for the 24th biggest country in the world cup so thanks to fan emeritus and your coworker worker karsten yep he has really outdone himself in the celebrity category so <laughs> as we I'm knew go- karsten would i'm gonna start with the honorable mentions then give out his bronze silver and then gold medal for top celebrity of the entire country Oh, fantastic. Honorable mentions, Joe. Elin Nordegren, a model and former spouse of Tiger Woods.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So in addition to modeling, she also, we know, is a very good athlete because she definitely got a nice golf swing right on Tiger Woods's face when, he was, <laughs> uh, when she caught him cheating. <laughs> that was good. Other honorable mention, Bjorn Borg, former tennis star. I mean, a- absolutely famous. Tennis player, uh, probably was the best in the world for many years uh, back in the, I don't know, the 70s or the 80s. The King of Clay, I believe, was uh, his title before Nadal overtook him. And the final honorable mention, Alfred Nobel, the namesake of the Nobel Peace Prize. That's a great list. That's good. That's good. You ready for the podium, Joe?
1: I'm ready for the podium.
0: The Bronze metal celebrity is joel kinnaman an actor yes yep. do you know who this is joe yeah
1: yeah 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 robocop
0: <laughs> there you go joel kinnaman was the lead actor in 2014's robocop which grossed 242 million dollars at the box office kinnaman also played presidential candidate will conway in the netflix series house of cards yeah oh boy as well as detective steven holder in amc's the killing which takes place in seattle wow Kinnaman is also of Jewish descent, as his mother is a Ukrainian Jew. Wow, Joe. Maybe that lends some credibility to your earlier point. L- Love some famous Jews. Per Google Trends, he has a search interest score of 100 in Sweden, as compared to a 7 in the U.S., so that's pretty good. His great interest in Sweden is enough to earn him the bronze rating, but he's not going to get any higher on the podium until he generates a little more interest in the U.S., Joe.
1: People people love to Google Joel Kinneman.
0: 31,000 Twitter followers. You know, pretty good. Yeah. The silver medal celebrity goes to Malin Ackerman. Do you know who she is?
1: Yeah, I think it's pronounced Malin.
0: Maybe I'm wrong, though. Mal- <laughs> Malin Ackerman.
1: Ackerman, I think. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you got, like... of it right, so that's good.
0: Ackerman is a Swedish or is it Ackerman?
1: I think it's definitely Ackerman.
0: Ackerman is a Swedish-American actress known for appearing in films such as Harold and Kumar, Go to White Castle, Wanderlust, and Watchmen. She played Silk Spectra in the flick based on the popular DC graphic novel of the same title. She has made appearances on TV shows such as Entourage and Lip Sync Battle. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Lip Sync Battle. Yeah. In 2008, she was number 59 on Maxim's Hot 100. She is noted for frequently appearing topless in movies, in which she is quoted as being "Being okay with it, as long as it's not gratuitous, because I spent a child a lot of time in Sweden, and it's natural there. Wow. She also commented that her sex appeal is a blessing and a curse because she is often cast as a trophy wife, and sometimes she wishes for more complex roles in films. She has... 118,000 followers on Twitter.
1: She's blowing Joel Kinnaman out of the water. Yeah.
0: With those followers. Okay. The Swedes, they value the complex roles of a Joel Kinnaman. The Americans, they just want to see skin. (laughs) That seems pretty accurate. The gold medal also in the film and television arena is Alexander Skarsgård, the actor. Skarsgård recently won his first Emmy for supporting actor for his role in Big Little Lies. Did you watch that, Joe?
1: Uh, no, but I'm like generally aware of it. Yeah.
0: Why? No spoilers, but he has an important role in the movie, in the show. The oh. five-time winner of The Sexiest Man in Sweden, wow, burst onto the acting scene playing Mikas in the first Zoolander movie. Oh, wow. He played Eric Northman in the HBO series True Blood and in 2010 mm-hmm. appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone with other cast members from the show. Skarsgård is a documented fan of Swedish football and supports the local football team from Stockholm, his birth city. In 2013, he successfully trekked to the South Pole with Prince Harry of the UK. His Google Trend interest dwarfs that of Kinneman and Akerman. Will Joe join Skarsgård in Swedish fandom? Wow. It's just... Thank you, Karsten. You just write the whole thing for me. So there you go. Alexander Skarsgård. A lot? Really, the dramatic arts also seems to be a chief export of Sweden.
1: He didn't mention this, but there's a whole Skarsgård family. So his dad is an actor, Stellan Skarsgård.
0: Wow. Do you just his know brother, this offhand, Joe?
1: No, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. But I knew that there was a whole family. His brother, Bill, and I did not know this... Is is also an actor played played the the evil clown in the movie It. He was oh. it.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah. I didn't watch that. It's oh, too scary, it was,
1: Joe. That's hot. It was. I, like, I'm literally like ten minutes into. It, I'm like, why did I do this? This is too scary. <laughs> like, why did I? It's a bad decision. I, I don't know why I did it. I don't. Even, I don't like scary movies, and I yeah. I, watched I don't them, either. Like,
0: That's why I don't watch t- them.
1: You shouldn't. I mean, it's fucking scary, and it's supposed to be scary. So it's like. It's like someone who doesn't like spicy food eating like a hot chili pepper and you like take a bite and you're like, wait, that was dumb. Like yeah. what like what was the point? Did you feel s-
0: that the Skarsgard brothers, though? Did they did he bring it?
1: He was good. He was fucking scary. Yeah. I'm surprised that Skarsgards aren't the chief export of Sweden. There's lots of them. I think if they counted these box office totals, it might
0: the amount of exports from Volvo might be very close to the amount of like box office results they're getting.
1: Good looking actors. Yeah.
0: But in the, in the official export categories, they don't count that for some reason.
1: <laughs> Look, there's a lot of celebrities here, including the whole Skarsgård clan. I think this is great. Good category for them. But no celebrity on the list that's really like hitting it out of the park for me either. I will say I like the fact that they're actual fans of the team. That was a nice touch, Karsten. Let's say seven out of ten.
0: Seven out of ten. Wow. I think that's too high, Joe.
1: Ugh. That Bill Skarsgård, though, he really scared me.
0: I think you're, uh, you're you're creating a bar that's a little too high, Joe. When I
1: two of the three people I've never heard of before. Dan, I'm just calling bars and, balls and strikes. I'm just wait, what's the soccer version? I'm just calling. Offsides or onsides?
0: I think, I think, had we done the podcast order in reverse and we did Australia first, you, your Swedish score would be lower. But you know what? It's, it's, it's in right now. Well, maybe, maybe once you see what Australia has to offer, you'll, you'll reconsider. But, you know, there's a, it's a big world out there, Joe. Big world. A lot of celebrities. Number nine system of government and head of state. So, This category is done in two segments. Fan emeritus Bez does system of government and Ryan does head of state. So here we go. 14,000 years ago, Sweden was covered in a gigantic ice cap where no human lived.
1: Oh, he's going way back. I should get Morgan Freeman to do this. (laughs) (laughs) 14 years ago.
0: (laughs) 14,000 years ago, Sweden was covered in a gigantic ice cap where no human lived. As the ice melted, tribes moved north and the Scandinavian history began that would start with barbaric, oh, that's bad. Okay. As the ice melted, tribes moved north and Scandinavian history began that would start with barbaric Vikings and lead to the fantastic democracy we see today. The famed Vikings are synonymous with Scandinavia for their raping and pillaging, but they were democratic people who elected their leaders. This love of democracy. Boy, raping, pillaging, and democracy just go hand in hand. I
1: know. I know. I'm not sure if raping should ever be followed with a but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they loved raping and pillaging, like, Let's but, just separate those two thoughts completely. Let's just, but let's just say, <laughs> they, they would only rape and
0: pillage. pillage great villages. They you know, they <laughs> we, great taste.
1: We vote on who we're going to rape and pillage.
0: Yeah, yeah. This love for democracy... And raping and pillaging, li- well, wait, not raping and pillaging, lives on despite the country having a king as the head of state. There are 16 constitutional monarchies in the world, and Sweden is one of them. This is where the country has a king or a queen, but they don't have the power to do what they want. Instead, they have a reduced role and must abide by the laws created by the government. King Karl Sixteenth may be king, but he holds no formal power and performs mainly ceremonial duties. Still, Swedish people are subjects to the monarch. It is a wonder that a modern country like Sweden still has a monarchy, which is an archaic concept and out of step with the ethos of the nation. Rather than the king, it is the Riksdag that holds power. Unlike countries like the United States and the United Kingdom, Sweden only has one legislative branch, which has 349 members who are elected every four years. The country truly believes in representing the people and therefore uses proportional representation for its elections. This means rather than one party winning a majority, there are usually coalition governments or several parties joined together to govern. The largest party is the Social Democrats, who have won the most seats at every election since 1917. Wow. Wow. The Social Democrats, along with the other center-left parties, have almost always run the country, with the center-right parties only winning five elections in history. This has led to a fantastic welfare state with free health care. Amazing parental rights support from the government when you lose your job or struggle financially long life expectancy and some of the highest living standards in the world. Swedes are said to be some of the happiest people on earth. However, the great welfare is offset by high taxation, steep prices for most products and a housing crisis. As the most open country in the world, Sweden is now facing a housing and budget crisis as it struggles to find homes and money for millions of new arrivals. All in all. Sweden has a fantastic system of government that could only be improved by abolishing the monarchy or scrapping it all and becoming Vikings again. <laughs> Raping and pillaging, making a comeback. Why not, Joe?
1: Wow. That's that was that was thorough. I mean, I mean I mean, I i never expected when we got this category that we'd be going back fourteen thousand years. You've got kind of to go. And and you know, Joe, let's bring it all the way to today and, and
0: bring in Ryan's. We we heard King carl the 16th mentioned let's hear a little bit about him king carl the 16th also the name gustav is in there i don't know where that applies it's written as king carl the 16th gustav i don't know i think
1: Gu- I-, I think gustav is like an honorarium there it's like it's, it's like that's part of the title like yeah. he's the fourth gustav of his name 16th though 16th gustav of his name he's 16th gustav <laughs> All right. I don't know.
0: Entirely ceremonial role. Very popular. What you might like, Joe. Change the law so his eldest child, a daughter, would become heir to the throne despite being, that's right, Joe, a woman. I love it. Huge supporter and honorary president of the World Scout Foundation, which is like the Boys and Girl Scouts. He gives out the Nobel Prize, and he is very against clubbing of baby seals. Wow. Wow. Well, that's an that's, I mean, that's an easy one.
1: Like you want to get some popularity points. Well, that's pillar number one on the social
0: democrats. That's why they keep winning. <laughs> the
1: center right, and unlike our opponents, we vow to not club baby seals. You know, the center on the right floor of the just, right stag.
0: They could easily get the lower taxes if they could just abandon the seal clubbing. But they just exactly. won't do it. They won't hey, do it. Hey,
1: look. Wait. Would it would it even be the center right party if they abandon it? Dan, come on! I know, I know. (laughs) See, that's what the
0: center left took over the pro seal life, and that's it's a winner. It gets people to the polls
1: since nineteen eleven. They haven't looked back since.
0: (laughs) Why you might not like King Carl the Sixteenth Gustav Joe, a best selling book in twenty ten, alleges he spent a fortune in strip clubs and on sex parties.
1: Hmm. Wow.
0: I mean, I would want my king doing that, but I don't know, Joe.
1: If you were the king, I feel like, what's the point of being king if not for the sex parties? I mean, he probably has a harem. All in all, you, you got to take the good with the bad with, the, <laughs> with these monarchs. The fortune on sex parties, which I guess is like, in a way, taxpayer money, which isn't great. I mean, unless there's some like revenue generating system they have.
0: I mean, as a monarch, I'm sure he has, like, huge family wealth.
1: Yeah, but all that is from the people. I mean, like, like his only job is being the monarch. I- I'm saying I don't think he probably gets
0: paid a huge salary. I'm just saying his family probably owns massive amounts of land, and that's where their wealth comes from. Like, I'm sure he doesn't get a huge salary from the state. I mean, granted, obviously, the land and money he's blowing could be better, you know— To give everybody a little tax cut or something, but I'm sure he's not getting paid millions of dollars by the state and then blowing that. I'm sure he just has. I don't think it's about salary though.
1: It's like the house that he lives in, the servants, like the whole like apparatus around him probably cost the state a lot of money.
0: I don't think. I think it costs him a lot of money.
1: I don't think that's how monarchies work. But but I think that's exactly how they work. No 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 no. I think I think that they're that they're like a drain on the system though. Maybe like maybe like being a monarch, you sort of get. You know, people pay to come tour the castle or whatever. Like, maybe that actually pays for itself. I don't know. Do you understand the concept of wealth, Joe?
0: <laughs> like, if his family owned, like, 50% of the Swedish land 200 years ago and they, like, have strong property rights, then he makes tons of money just by merely existing based on this wealth that's been passed down.
1: Oh, I understand that. But you're saying that with, like, no basis for knowledge of, of anything about Carl the Sixteenth Gustav.
0: I just understand some basic concept. Like, it's not like he probably gets $10 million a year from the government to blow on sex parties. He just probably blows $10 million dollars of his money. I'm not saying he does.
1: What I'm saying is that monarchies are expensive. Like, there's a whole apparatus. There's, like, offices and people and staff. And, like, someone pays for that. And I don't think it's the Gustav family fortune.
0: I think it is. But, okay, well, look, you can bake in whatever you – all we go by is based on the information we have, Joe.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. What do you think? That's right. You don't know any more than I do. No, no, I do. I do. <laughs> okay. Look, w- what I'll say is that, like, all in all, though, this Gustav seems like an all right chap. I'm okay with him. Uh, he definitely has, and and you know, I, despite my earlier comments, I'm not totally opposed to a ceremonial monarchy either. Like, I think there's some value there. Yeah. In like national pride and like a symbol of what have you.
0: Look, I would not Uh, be surprised if we come across some other ones of those in these other countries.
1: Yeah. I like the democratic socialism though. I will say one thing about that. It, it strikes me as hard to believe that like you'd have free and fair elections and like a representational government where the same party has been in power for over a hundred years.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure they've shifted their positions because I'll bet seal clubbing was like pretty big, like 60 <laughs> years ago. I mean, it ago. was very
1: in vogue in the 1920s. That's yeah. true.
0: It that's might be true. the type of thing where they sort of shifted a little bit, but they like
1: kept the name the same. Look, I like it. I like the welfare state. You know, he talks about the housing crisis, but like we have that here and we don't have all those social services. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like yeah. that's a unique thing. Yeah. Uh, but let's 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 say this is higher than average, but it's not – it's not hidden it out of the park either, let's say six out of ten. Six out of ten. You're crazy. You think that's too high? I mean,
0: no, I think it's too low. I mean, with some of these other countries, Joe, we're really look, I don't know. It's hey, it's the first episode. It's your podcast. This is look, if it were Dan picks a World Cup team, I might rate it differently. But you know what, Joe? It's not. It's Joe picks a World Cup team. You do whatever you want. And Joe. This category, the next one, is like a Joe category. Because, boy, yeah, I don't really care about the kit. But, Joe, you love the kit. If you pick a team, you're going to become a full kit wanker. I mean, you're going to buy the jersey. You might buy the little shorts. You're going to be ready and to I'm go. you're definitely
1: going to buy a visor, for sure.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the soccer visor. It's huge. Huge. <laughs> it's true. Now, I, I have to ask a question. Now, I'm a... Um, person who's maybe not in the know with all the marketing of this. So I knew it was like a big deal when Nike would always reveal the U.S. Men's National Team kit. Are we going to be looking at the official kit? Is that out yet? Do you know?
1: This is the Sweden 2018 home kit that I'm looking at.
0: So it's it's out. This is the official World Cup kit.
1: This is it. Now, I mean, look, they may have some some special, you know, World Cup edition. I'm sure they'll. I, I mean there'll certainly be like a World Cup patch on it. But this is it. This now, is what they'll be wearing.
0: Does every jersey come with the name Johansson already on it? Or can it that is.
1: it is. And in fact, yeah, they have to they actually have to have to to take it off for people who aren't named Johansson. But they really they even like interrogate, are uh, they like? Are you sure you, there's no Johansson in your family? Are you sure?
0: It's actually cheaper for them to take Johansson off and put a new name on as opposed to just start with a blank one.
1: They just, they just, Johansson just means soccer player in Swedish. <laughs> they say, we're just going to call you black Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me describe this to you. First of all, it's yellow. Very yellow. Like think Color Rush jersey, yellow. It has blue shorts, blue trim, and it has very subtle diagonal stripes. It's a very clean look, very simple jersey. Could definitely see myself wearing it.
0: I feel like in those battles with Brazil, this is going to get really confusing because Mm -hmm. it looks a lot like Brazil other than the blue as opposed to the green. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I assume their away kit must be predominantly blue.
1: See, their away kit, and this is for the 2016-17 year, so we don't know what it's going to look like. They haven't revealed it yet for the World Cup year. But it's not as great. Mm. They really underplay the yellow, and there's some weird gray-on-gray stripes going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not a fan of that at all. It looks like a really bad sweater from, like, the 1990s.
0: Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. You're right with the stripes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All in all, I like the yellow.
0: Those horizontal stripes aren't going to be flattering either.
1: No. On anyone. Yeah. This is all right. But I'm going to say 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. Wow.
0: A a great run of, of pretty good scores, but they're they're back underwater, Joe, for the rate the kit. Below average... But now the national anthem category. Joe, we have two categories left. National anthem and the drink. You can even maybe have a sip of the drink while listening to the national anthem. So I I'm gonna I'll, tell I'll you I feel very
1: I'll feel very Swedish patriotic.
0: Yes, I'm gonna tell you the backstory of the National Anthem by Superfan fan emeritus Tony PhD. And then I'm gonna play the national anthem and then you can take it all in and give the rating. So, the Swedish national anthem is called Thou Ancient, Thou Free. The origin story, it was written in 1844. Thought to originally refer to all of Scandinavia, they later added verses that made it more specific to Sweden. It is used commonly at government ceremonies as well as sporting events. It first began to win recognition as a patriotic song in the 1890s. The main topical focus and analysis of the lyrics is about the natural beauty of the country. Thou rest upon memories of great olden days when honored thy name flew across the earth. Kind of makes it seem like they're no longer an honored name and living in the past. Wow. Tony. shade. (laughs) I trade thee not for anything in a world. No, I want to live. I want to die in the north. Oh, wow. Wow,
1: that's intense. That's like that's a Game of Thrones there.
0: yeah. All right, interesting facts. In 2000, the Swedish Reichstag committee rejected as unnecessary a proposal to give the song legal official status. The committee concluded that the song has been established as the anthem by the people, not by the political system, and it is good to keep it that way. There's no reason to mix the anthem with the government power to the people. Wow, I like that. All right, Joe. buckle up. beautiful dan that was in swedish by the way so i hope you are catching some of that wait that's weird because i understood every word of it <laughs> wow wow the, the title in swedish is du gamla du fria so it's i think beautiful. du means thou and fria means cold i think it <laughs> means long live the north
1: <laughs> i mean if i did pick sweden i'd have to make a lot of like the north remembers uh jokes throughout the entire World Cup. Look, they love it. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I think, you know, I think when you look at the lyrics to this this anthem, I mean, no offense to our Swedish listeners, but, like, you can kind of tell that it was an anthem that was written about not just Sweden. Like, it's about the North. Well, like, yeah, there's a lot of countries in the North, right? And it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting a huge Swedish vibe. They don't mention fish, cars, <laughs> vikings viking lore it's not feeling totally uh country specific i think it's okay i'm gonna give it a three and a half out of ten.
0: Three and a half. ouch ouch well you know what joe you can pick whatever you want in your anthem i thought it was beautiful but you know i couldn't quite tell from the lyrics but it sounded to me like it was in Swedish, which I think does sort of locate it a little it bit. Helps. But.
1: It helps. It mm-hmm. helps.
0: And Joe, finally, can they recover from the his ending? Has uh, been a bit weak for an otherwise strong performance. I would say to open us out the drink, the absolute Gibson. What did you think, Joe?
1: I think well, as I said earlier, it's basically a vodka martini. I don't know what the official difference is between a Gibson and a martini. It it's a little bit the recipe at least, doing it the way that it was supposed to be done, it's more vermouthy than I would normally like a martini. And I'm not a big cocktail on your fan, but I know that, that sort of wasn't the point of the drink. The point was the absolute. And as far as like vodkas go, I wouldn't say that absolute is my favorite vodka either. So Unfortunately for the Swedes, I think this is also a fairly low rating. I mean, it's, it's got to be like a 3 out of 10. 3 out of Wow. Not a huge Gibson fan. Sorry. <laughs> Lowest score of them all.
0: I mean, maybe that was uh, fan emeritus Sean trying to, knowing that was his whole point, direct competition with his uh, Australia. But I will say Sean did, did recommend putting a clove of garlic in there, Joe. He said that might make all the difference. He said that's, he went to a bar once in Stockholm where they put some garlic in his Gibson and he said it was very good.
1: Look at this. This is fucking weird, Dan. Look, clove of garlic. I put a clove of garlic in my Gibson.
0: And that didn't change it at all? No.
1: The garlic's good though.
0: You just ate that clove of garlic? Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Wow. Boy, that's spicy, Joe. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that note, what do you think, Joe? They total out at 71 and a half.
1: 71 and a half. Where does that put them total?
0: If they got average everything, if they got fives all the way down the board, that'd be a 60. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their average score is basically right at a six. So their average score is 5.95. Yep. Yep.
1: Look. I think Sweden has a lot to offer. I think that the highs are really high. I think that the lows aren't even that low.
0: Well, actually, before we even get into this, Joe, we've got to set the stage here because we don't even know what the hell is going to happen. So in our old podcast, after we did every team, you either moved them on to the Sweet 16 or didn't. And you weren't exactly targeting 16 teams, but it did fortunately work out that 16 made it in, 16 didn't. And then there was a playoff there. But the teams that didn't make it through the first round, through the group stage, as it were, they were just out. They were gone. So, assuming we're going to carry that tradition on, this I think is... we are. Yep. You are saying, is does is Sweden going to have a chance? And, and look, if anybody listened to the former podcast series, the team that you ended up picking, I believe, was the 12th seed. So... Once you get into the playoffs, just very much like the World Cup, when you're in that knockout round. It's
1: like the knockout rounds. Anything can happen in one game. Absolutely. Anything
0: can happen. But if they don't make it there, they're not going to be the team you're going to root for. So, Joe, 71 and a half, average of about six. What do you think?
1: You know, I think Sweden has a lot to offer here. I think, you know. Struggled a little bit in the anthem category. Struggled a little bit in the drink category. But I think on some of the fundamental categories on what I want to find in a World Cup team, I think Sweden scored really well. Really hot out of the gate. We're still calibrating the scores. But to me, it feels like Sweden is a team that I would like to consider more. So I'm going to move them on to the Sweet 16. Wow. All
0: right. They're in, Joe. That's it. That's our... uh, well earned. That's our intro episode, Joe. What do you think?
1: I'm feeling good about this. Dan, I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like I'm ready to become a Swedish fan. If that is, is where this process goes, I feel good about that. Dan, can we do the, our uh, chant one more time?
0: Of course, Joe. I was waiting for you to ask. Andra Sidan, all oh, ni clara. Jaya ja, fattas bara. Ooh, that kind of rhymes. I, I see what they got did going that there. Like
1: a, I sort of did that with like a, like a Middle Eastern accent with my family <laughs> yeah. heritage. I yeah. don't know if I did that right.
0: but Yeah, it worked great. The Swedish fans are loving it. Okay. On that note, we're out. Now, like always, if you have feedback about our Swedish episode or you have any future feedback about Uruguay, costa rica or russia please send it to world cup at joepixpod.com go to joepixpod.com the email address will be there with all the information or email world cup at com. and yeah let us know what you thought all right thanks dan all right see you joe